Hi everyone and as we told in the intro video we are going to come up with 90s memories and we are going to talk about a lot of things and you must be wondering about where are we going to start this 90s and where these things are going to start in this podcast journey and we have picked a match this is 1996 world cup ah not the final not the semi final but it's actually the league match between sri lanka and india you must be wondering like you know why did we choose that match because there were so many things uh, around the match and which we thought like you know that kind of set the foundation for this so uh, on the other hand my friend aravindan is here and aravindan please tell them like why did we choose that particular match for this uh, recording yeah i think this was one of the games which was actually which is often not recollected the way it should be recollected because you know when sri lanka came into this 1996 world cup there was a lot of hope because you know we had done really well in the in australia in the series that was prior to that there was a lot of controversies in that series but you know sri lanka had gone out with a different brand of game which actually captured the attention of the audience and all that was good but when we went into the world cup i mean there was automatic qualifications into the quarter finals because australia and west indies decided they were not going to come in and then we streamrolled past zimbabwe i think uh, winning the game with almost 13 overs to spare by seven wickets and and everything was looking good but then there was always this question in the minds of the audience and the viewers whether sri lanka were really good enough to be considered a serious force in that world cup though they had uh, qualified for the quarter final so this was actually the biggest game sri lanka were facing in the world cup and india at that point were not the strongest team but given the world cup was played in the subcontinent and they had a superstar in sachin tendulkar it had to be their world cup i mean they had won the world cup in 1983 it was 13 years since they won the uh, last world cup and there was a lot of hopes uh, that were held high and with pakistan being unpredictable there was there was this feeling that this was india's home coming the world cup was supposed to be india's and they would win so then india were a strong team to contend with keeping all that in mind so everybody was looking forward to see how sri lanka would face against this uh, power packed indian lineup and what actually transpired in that game i felt really changed the way the world perceived the sri lankan team because we were not minos anymore and uh, most importantly in that world cup if we look at that this game was played in india in new delhi so this was in india's own home background or own backdrop so given that it was a high stakes game for sri lanka and how they were going to uh, face up to the pressure how the opening partnership of sanaj jayasuri and ramesh kalvitana which had created so much of basswood fair against and how this batting lineup will fare against the likes of jagger srinath and anil kumble all these questions were in the minds of the audience and i think i think there was a lot of hype and if i remember right the game was on a Saturday and uh, most importantly if you remember Indushan like as a 90s kid you would remember those were the times when we had uh, school holidays due to the unfortunate situation that was prevailing in the country. Exactly, so, exactly. And uh, I mean I remember I mean all the grown-ups the all the adults were sp- speaking about this game they were looking forward to this game and that was something quite different and actually as a as a kid it actually gave you a lot of uh, Uh, excitement and you were actually looking forward to this game so the build up to the game was also massive so i think keeping all that in consideration this was sri lanka's biggest game in that tournament to start off with and there was a lot at stake uh, before we started that game 
Yeah, I mean, uh, we uh, sort of spoke about the scenario, the situation around uh, this uh, match, or kind of like you know, leading to this match. And I just wanted to ask another question from you about this one. It's like, um, especially when the India started and like Tendulkar was like technically unstoppable at that match. And uh, Sri Lanka was trying everything possible to that. So just take us back to that Indian batting lineup and the Indian innings and what exactly most people thought after India finished that game. Because uh, at that time, getting out uh, Tendulkar was... Sri Lanka had only one option, run out. If I, if my memory serves correct, I think we and, got Tendulkar out. And he got run out at the end of the day. He got run out. I mean, there was a brilliant throw from Bass and uh, he actually was run out in the 49th or 48th over, if I remember right. Uh, and that was the only way he could have got out that day. Uh, yes. And uh, like, uh, India batted with a lot of confidence, right? Because they were yes. not... They were not realizing Sri Lanka to come hard at them, especially in the second half, and how that's going to be. Uh, but like looking at their match, uh, looking at their innings, and at the end of their innings, awful about chasing this down. Exactly, Indushan. So I think uh, you asked me a question before before I jump in regarding Tendulkar's run-out, like to take us through the uh, Indian innings. So, I mean, in the 1990s, in mid-1990s, the Indian batting revolved around two stalwarts, Sachin Tendulkar and Mohamed Azharuddin. That was it. And there wasn't much more to their batting lineup uh, uh, other than those two. But then, Sachin in the 1990s was a different phenomenon. What people remember is the Sachin of the 2000s, especially after his elbow injury and the back injury that he suffered in 1999. But before that, in 1996, 97, from 95 to 2000, I mean, my early memories of cricket, Sachin was an unstoppable phenomenon. And uh, there was no better innings than this from a Sri Lankan perspective uh, to highlight that. Because, I mean, Sachin had a good time against us throughout his career. And uh, this was the first century I remember he made against us. So going through that day, it was, I mean, you know, daily you have this fog and you have this early morning starts and, you know, that it has an aura to cricket in India during that time now, in, in day game. So it was one such day and like uh, basically when Sachin and uh, Manoj Prabhakar went into bat, Manoj Prabhakar was struggling to get off the mark. Like, I mean, he was struggling to get the ball off the square. But Sachin, on the other hand, started off the day, um, I mean, quite uh, conservatively. But after 10 overs or so, Sachin was unstoppable. He was putting the Sri Lankan ballers to all parts of the ground. He was very much CV on Ravindra Pushpakumar, who was the tearaway fast bowler for Sri Lanka at that time. Probably the X Factor. Murali wasn't spared. Sanath wasn't spared. None of the ballers were spared. I mean, like he was dispatching them to all parts of the ground. And like when you watch that game, you felt as if, look, it's no surprise that Sachin is treating the Sri Lankan bowling like that. Because I mean, the Sri Lankan bowling lineup at that time wasn't the strongest because uh, Chamindavath and Muttaya Murali Dharan were in the uh, infant stages of their careers and Murali was obviously uh, coming after a huge controversy down under. So there was no surprises. And when uh, India went on to score something around 271 runs, if I'm right, at the end of their allotted 50 overs, that was like, I, I don't know whether it was 50 or 47, but I, I, at the end of their allotted overs, they had scored 
271 runs and now 271 induction in that era is the equivalent of probably 375 in this era there's no doubt about it like you remember the 1996 world cup the 1996 world cup was 222 25 would be match winning score that best 250 so now when you score 275 in that kind of a context it had put the pressure on sri lanka and uh, personally i mean being a kid you realize at that point like you know things are not going that way and obviously you know you look at the grown ups at home uh, uh, reacting to it and you felt you know there wasn't much confidence i mean this sri lankan team had this sri lankan team specially had like come out with a bang in certain games previously they had a wonderful game against zimbabwe but against the indian lineup now mind you the indian lineup had jawagal shrinath and anil kumble both of them by that time were really well known entities in world cricket and together with that they had manoj prabhakar and uh, if i remember right venkatesh prasad so this was a very formidable bowling lineup and in their own backyard chasing 271 was uh, not going to be a easy uh, task so i think at, i mean if you really ask me as i remember at that point it looked as if you know sri lanka were going to suffer their first uh, loss in that tournament i mean technically they had played won three games but uh, uh, this was the second game that they actually played i mean uh, since the two were walkovers so things were not looking rosy at that point in time and i mean you know a, a miracle had to happen for sri lanka to win but mind you sachin was absolutely brilliant that day it was one of the best innings that you would see at that point in time he was in sublime touch and it was like he was conveying the message to the cricketing world like you know this is my world cup i am the star of this and this cup is coming home but i'm pretty sure that nobody would have uh, remotely imagined what was in store for them exactly exactly so as as my friend now narrated like you know if you are an indian fan until this half of the match the match is yours and uh, as he told that sachin uh, told everyone like you know here i am the don and this is my backyard this is my world cup and things were going fine for indian fans and uh, as we discuss here like there should be a miracle happen in the second half there was a miracle and how this miracle happened and how things unfolded let us watch it in the second part okay yeah so as we discussed about uh, the miracle which was supposed to unfold in the second half so arvind now just take us to that sri lanka innings where sanad jayasuri and kalvita arnas like you know taking indian bowlers for a ride and which was literally a miracle unfolding for sri lanka i think exactly i think i i mean as a cricket fan for me this was one of my favorite memories and i'll tell you for many reasons because like the jayasuriya kalvitarna name has gone down in history as one of the partnerships which have actually redefined the way teams approach the first 15 overs but if you really look at the numbers kalvitarna doesn't have significant numbers isn't it like you know, his record is not actually uh, tallying with the hype that is created around this partnership but for anybody to really understand the impact this partnership had it was this game because actually it was kalvitarna who was the catalyst in the partnership initially when sri lanka exactly. came out to face yeah Uh, when they came out to face manoj prabhakar and uh, jagar shrina i mean nobody gave them a chance but kalu actually started hitting out against both the uh, opening bowlers and actually set sri lanka on a roll in the initial stages and he raced off the score 
front of uh, probably 15 or 13 balls, which was which was absolutely a um, innings which gave a massive amount of impetus to the Sri Lankan uh, innings. And then Sanat slowly but surely got into the act and started playing the Indian ballers to all parts of the ground. And I mean, we all remember how he took care of Manoj Prabhakar. Now, Manoj Prabhakar at almost that time... Almost finished his career, right? I, I think he finished his career. Not yes. almost. He finished his career because if you remember, in that game, Manoj Prabhakar came back to ball. Now, this... Exactly. India, who comes on to ball spin in the middle overs, and that actually showed what type of an impact Sanat Sinings had on Manoj Prabhakar. So, I mean, like, when we talk about Sanat Sinings, that was brutal hitting. I, I mean, we haven't seen, I don't know, cross. Which is always spoken about fondly. The, the most important thing is, like, when these two like, they kept uh, going over the top of the 30-yard circle and, like, mid bickered fine legs, any part, sending the ball to all parts of the ground, and that actually let the Indian crowd left, were left and share shot. Now, this was the old Feroza uh, Kotla, if I remember right, or the daily ground. And, uh, you know, those were open stands. From silence as Sanat uh, uh, entered into this onslaught. So if you look at the videos even today, you see how much of clarity there was in that hitting because it was not pinch hitting. It was not the type of pinch hitting that people associate with. This was calculated risks. And I think uh, one of the most things uh, to note was that he coupled brute power with elegance and finesse, because you know there were moments exactly. where he That's how kept, does it normally, right? Exactly, and he kept he kept actually guiding and for days, and you know there was a sense of confidence. So I think being shot and most importantly, Sri Lanka went on to notch up probably fifty runs in the first three to four overs, and I mean just in, I don't exactly remember the overs, but it was within the first five overs. In the first five overs in 1996, that's the equivalent that of probably massive. scoring 80. That was massive. That was, that was massive. I mean, that's probably the equivalent of scoring uh, 80-90 runs in 5-6 overs in this era of T20 cricket. Mind you, the bats they were using was not close to what it is right now. And sure, that was sure. brilliant hitting. And and uh, Kalu had done his part. Like, mm-hmm. I remember Kalu played a shot down to fine legs, which actually got him started a pull. And then he played some shots through the covers and the offside and through third man, which actually got the scoreboard moving. But unfortunately, Kalu got out, uh, got out to a brilliant catch by uh, Anil Kumble at short extra cover of uh, Jagger Srinath, if I remember right. So, But that was not going to stop Sanat Jaisagar because the moment they got Kalvitaran out of the equation, I'm pretty sure that the Indian uh, counterparts would have felt that they were in with a good chance of putting a lead on Sri Lanka scoring. But Sanat had other ideas. He just went on. Uh, he went berserk and uh, kept on scoring runs at a will. And most importantly, what, what most people don't remember is that when Sri Lanka went into this 1996 World Cup uh, in it was Kaluvitarna who was mostly the dominant partner because Kalu had a fabulous series down under. And that's where this, uh, sure. uh, that's where that's where Tony Gray had started to refer to him as uh, Little Kalu. Uh, exactly. Little Kalu, little dynamite. And like, uh, you know, there was that 
sense of aura about kalvitarne and i remember people were looking forward to seeing him but then all of a sudden sanjay surya in this game gave a totally different dimension to him and like the opening partnership had become lethal and this game had far reaching consequences in dushan i mean i just mentioned that before uh, i forget because you know you asked how we what type of an impact sanat and kalu had so sanjay mandreka in uh, one of his uh, youtube uh, interviews during the lockdown with uh, russell arnold or ashwin if i am right if i remember ravi ashwin he actually mentioned that you know for india after that game sri lanka was all about sanat jayathuri and ramesh kalvitar they did not really think about arvind de silva asanka gurusingh or arjun rajunga because the impact was such now if you sure, create sure, that sure. kind of an impact at the top of the order it's actually mm. going to put it's going to take the attention away from the rest of the lineup and that's exactly what happened they had like planned so much for kalvitarna and jayasurya that when they got them out in the semi finals in the first over itself first two overs itself they felt as if that the job was half done and they were through to the finals but then they had forgotten a forgotten a individual called arvind de silva which actually came back to bite them so i think this game not only did it change the landscape of uh, the approach towards batting but it actually gave sri lanka a, a, an advantage in the semi finals as well so i think this game that that's one reason why i really love this game and it was one of the best opening onslaught that we, i mean the first onslaught of that nature that i remember being a cricket fan and still it remains one of the best and even today i would love to go through the reruns and it's an amazing feeling yeah be, uh, with that uh, savage hitting we just really need to uh, remember something even after the havoc that uh, sanat and kalu created in sri lanka's innings but there was a mini collapse Uh, I think Sanat went and uh, Guru Singh went and Aravind went and uh, things were a bit shaky at that time. But it's uh, uh, shall we tell that this match kind of told uh, the entire World Cup uh, teams that Sri Lanka's batting is so deep that there were people like you know even. Uh, um, beyond this point who can come and who can steady the ship and who can play in innings who can win the matches so shall we just really touch on uh, those uh, later batting that sri lanka had of course i think one of the uh, central themes of that sri lanka's campaign or uh, even today everybody talks about is that you know Hashan Tilakaratna was at number 6 and roshan mahanama yes. was at number 7 now roshan mahanama and hashan tilakaratna are no Uh, no mugs with the bat. If you see, uh, Hashan Tilakaratna had scored a hundred against uh, Australia as backer the year before, so that showed the quality of uh, uh, that was in that Sri Lankan batting lineup. And no game actually emphasized it better than this, because you know, as you correctly said, Sanat after getting off to a flyer just plateaued off a little bit towards the end of his innings and still had a strike rate over hundred and tried to play one across the line. And it was, I mean, in all uh, honesty, it was an ugly hoik that ended up in the hands of the fielders at deep mid wicket. If I remember, Asanka Gurusinghe unfortunately ran himself out, and then Arvind De Silva played an atrocious shot. To be honest, like off Anil Kumbre, he ran down the wicket and tried to dispatch him into the stands, and he was like stumped by a mile. And then Sri Lanka were left with almost 130 or 40 runs. If I remember right, I don't exactly remember the right amount. the sri lanka was somewhere around 140 for four the initial onslaught had made sure that there was no run rate pressure but towards the 
middle of the innings there was a stage when the run rate was hovering around probably 5 to 6 but still Harshan Tilakaratne and Arjun Ratunga shepherded the innings in a way that they played the sheet tanker rule to perfection and scored 70 each and did not need the services of Roshan Mahanama to chase the target off and Sri Lanka at the end of the day finished off uh, the chase scoring uh, 272 runs probably in the 48th over if i remember right quite comfortably with six wickets in hand and now that was a massive statement that was a massive statement they had beaten they had scored 270 odd runs against uh, one of the favorites i mean in fact the I mean, the second strongest team in that uh, tournament uh, apart from Australia. And they had done it with ease. And that too in their own backyard in India, which is not an easy place to play even at this point in time. So uh, considering all that, it was a game which all the players in the side have gone on to admit that made them believe that they were a strong force to contend with in the World Cup. But from a cricket fan's perspective as well, I mean, that was one of the best wins that we have ever experience and obviously the way they tackled the muddle in the middle was uh, uh, was um, emphatic and it actually emphasized the point that the sri lankan batting order was really strong and it could compensate for the weak bowling lineup that was at that point in time i mean when i say weak it was not really poor but it was just that the bowling Maybe lineup compared to the batting it was a little yeah. bit less exactly so i mean as i said like at that point in time india had anil kumble and jagar shrinath Pakistan had Mushtaq Ahmed, Wasim Makram, Bokayunis. Uh, Australia had Glenn McGrath and Shane Vaughan. West Indies had Ambrose and Walsh. So compared to all those, Murali and Vaas were at the uh, initial Very stages of their career. Right? Yeah, so, so, so the, the seniors, the batting lineup, they just uh, communicated the message loud and clear that, you know, we can handle it when there's a need. And I think that came to... Uh, the forefront against in the semi-final, but this was just a sign of things to come. So, I mean, um, that was uh, that's really those are really fond memories, isn't it? Exactly, exactly, because that's kind of like you know told uh, as you correctly mentioned, uh, told the arrival of uh, another contender, or maybe the real contender for the World Cup, and uh, that was a beautiful memory. And uh, we spoke a lot of lot of things about it, and we just really wanted to. Uh, tell that and in in nutshell we can say that sri lanka's bowling was guarded by the batting because batting was so depth uh, and uh, this match for for many reasons as you told uh, that sanath's hitting or the sri lanka's batting lineup or their confidence about chasing a massive target in india in their own grounds kind of told uh, or kind of uh, made a paradigm shift in uh, sri lanka and what you were uh, what can you quickly put about like you know how the fans felt especially after the end of this game what was exactly going through them did did they have a paradigm shift or like you know did did everyone believed that you know we are going to win it or it took another few matches for the people to believe see indushan i mean like i was probably 7 or 8 years old at that time so i honestly don't uh... uh no how people as yes, like uh, the, the listeners now don't 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 jump into complex mathematics to find out how old <laughs> people I, I think but, i think it doesn't i think it doesn't matter but i mean as a kid you see you know at the end of the day i mean most of the people would be able to recollect this like i remember immediately after the game my father was firing calls to his friends and they were having conversations and that's what it meant right i mean as a country we were going through a very difficult time at that point it was sure. not the 
uh, best uh, time in the uh, history of the uh, country. But uh, like putting all that together, there was a lot of hope and happiness uh, among the masses. And like in the news, it was uh, prominently displayed. And I mean, there was every reason for our people, I mean, like uh, for the fans to cherish that moment. And the celebration was real. So, but this was just a group game. And I think that really reflected the fact that probably, you know, the people felt that, you know, we were in with a chance or there is something special that is happening. Because this was, a, mind you, this was the first major win for us. There was a lot of hope on this team. There was a lot of expectation. The country had rallied around the team and morally when they were treated unfairly in Australia for ball tampering and uh, uh, throwing. And if you, I mean, uh, you could do well to read a piece by uh, Andrew Fidel Fernando on how Sri Lanka rallied around Murali uh, in exactly. the 1990s. And like, you know, the country was looking forward to this and there was a lot of expectation and the team delivered at, at the bigger stage. So there was renewed hope. And I think we just had the Kenyan game, which was afterwards. So now we were well and truly into the quarterfinals. And most importantly, we beating India in that game meant that we would be getting the weakest op- uh, opponent in the quarterfinals. I mean, getting the weakest opponent meant that, you know, we wouldn't be facing probably Pakistan or South Africa, who were forced to reckon with at that point in time. They were very strong. So, uh, like, in the overall dynamics of the tournament and the way ahead, this win was significant, even though Sri Lanka's qualification was uh, uh, assured. But it also mentioned, meant, meant it gave the message across to the uh, cricketing world that Sri Lanka are not in the quarterfinals just because of luck can walk over but because they deserve to be there because when you when you they had uh, they had uh, their obvious reasons to call them as like uh, quarter finalists exactly and they, when you hammer the tournament favorites you deserve a place in the next phase as well so i think uh, overall the country believed i i think that was the moment not only the team but the whole nation started to believe that you know we were in this a, a good chance of uh, doing something special in this tournament and thankfully it turned out that way and mind you Indushan one more thing like the Sri Lankan Indian rivalry I mean even now we look forward to it but the intensity has reduced but until 2014 it was one of the biggest rivalries that were going on in world cricket and this was the first time or the moment that it actually became Maybe a rivalry uh, the... exactly Exactly. The, the, moment, the moment the rivalry became worthwhile to be considered an equal duel, because, you know, before that, Sri Lanka were always smashed by India, right, left, right, center, apart from few wins here and there. But the moment they hit them so hard on the bigger stage, it actually was clear that Sri Lanka is not the little brother anymore, that India was the, you know, probably, uh, like, you know, uh, India taking us seriously, because because you know they are with uh, better players and greater resources, but this was definitely a this was definitely a uh, bell that actually uh, uh, rang and made it clear that you know we are no pushovers and we are equal. 
exactly exactly so that uh, kind of concludes our first episode and we brought to you about uh, the memories of what uh, happened in 1996 and maybe i think now i'm pretty much sure that you understand like you know why did we choose this match particularly uh, to start off this one and uh, why we thought this is the game changer for sri lanka and kind of brought a paradigm shift on like sri lanka's no longer a little brother or a mino in the international arena and they are one of the strong favorites of the world cup so with this we will be like wrapping up the first episode and we will be coming up pretty much soon with another exciting episode where we all can go back and relive the memories and bring you the wonderful things that happened in that so with that uh, let me sign off this is indushin here and uh, uh the other side it is aravindan here and we are here for the indu windu page thank you everyone for listening have a nice time goodbye